0: Welcome to the Candid Frank Live Show, Leap Talk Edition. With Candid Frank and David Morrison. Let's talk hockey. Yeah! Oh, get out of the way of my Zamboni. Hey, David, how's it going?
1: Good. How are you doing, Frank?
0: Oh, just uh, good. So, thanks working. That's our first. First uh hill mountain we climbed. Uh I'm up here in Alice. I don't know if I mentioned that to you.
1: No, you didn't.
0: There I am, I'm in Allison. So uh what's
1: good in Alliston?
0: Well just visiting friends and helping them with some uh, computer stuff, uh, some television stuff and a little bit of construction stuff.
1: Just hanging out,
0: uh having a good time, checking things out, That's about it.
2: Well,
1: It sounds, I mean, it's not not like the Bahamas or anything, but it's good just to get away, I guess.
2: Yeah,
0: absolutely. Uh, And uh, my Skype isn't working, but thank goodness I have the direct connect that uh, it seems to be working. I had my fingers crossed to make sure that I had audio. Uh,
1: Well, you sound good as (laughs) usual, so.
0: Well, thank you. You don't sound so bad either.
1: That's good to know.
0: Yeah. A deaf person I'm glad to hear my voice.
3: <laughs>
0: That's a good one. <laughs> well, it, it's just like it's just like a blind person to be happy to see me.
3: <laughs> it's all, it's all uh, in the
0: same it's all same vein. Um, okay, well, well, speaking of vein, uh, the last two games the Leafs played, they played Colorado, Vegas, and Arizona. And uh, unfortunately for the Leafs, um, the game against Arizona was, uh we start with that one, well, well let's start with Colorado. What did you think of the game against Colorado?
1: I thought uh, the Leafs finally lived to their word, which was the power play is their is there way of fighting back for teams who want to take bad penalties, and they finally did it. They finally spoke to their word.
0: And, and they they were able to deliver i think is, is the other thing you you want to say as well i know I want to say that like delivering is really important and they have not delivered on their power play their power play has not been something to brag about
1: well it's like you know you see how their power play played and and you just wonder why wasn't that ever a thing at the start of the like the last, past you know how many games like this how, that's the way their power play was striking that game is how their power play should have been striking the entire uh, the entire time, the entire season.
0: I can't I can't disagree with you at all. You're 100 percent right, and I think to add to, your, to add to your comment, I think also we should also take note that we all knew that they could have made changes, and for some reason, the changes seemed to be something they weren't intent on doing right away.
1: No, it wasn't. I don't think it was. No, I don't think it was. Yeah,
0: yeah, and those
1: changes that we've discussed have come up Oh, sorry about that, Frank. uh, It's two people at once. (laughs) All right. Go ahead.
0: Uh, Anyway, no, it's okay. Um, You know, the the, the stuff that they they should have done that we discussed for a while they could have done a lot sooner, sooner, but for some reason they decided it wasn't necessary to do it right away.
1: No, I, you know, like it's so, it's still there's still a lot of games left in the season, so it's not like it was crisis mode or anything. They just it was just it was getting to the point where you're like something has to change.
0: Agree. Uh, the the only thing I have to say, as far as you know, I agree with you. There's there's no need to panic. In other words, panicking is not a necessity at this point. It's way too early to panic. But you know, um, we have to we do have to, you know be cognizant and understand the fact uh, that the Maple Leafs are in a race now, not only for a second. But also now for a playoff spot, with the way things are developing so far this season, as we've discussed in the past, recent past.
1: Well, the only thing I'll say to that is the only team that threatens the Leafs playoff standings right now is Montreal, and they haven't exactly been living up to their living up to their uh, well, not potential, but they've been struggling lately. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Agree. Uh, I I wholeheartedly agree that they've been struggling, but the fact remains uh, when we look at the situation here, Toronto is a mere six points ahead of them, which can uh, you know can be a problem. And and they're they're twelve points ahead of Buffalo, which is a key. Now, assuming one assumes that it. What if Carolina and uh, and Pittsburgh really clean? You know, both Toronto. And, and Montreal could be out of the playoffs if those two teams continue, uh, you know, the way they've been tramping
1: upwards.
0: To
1: to, you know. hmm. Yeah, I mean, the Eastern Conference is a, is a weird one
3: because,
1: uh, as you mentioned, with Carolina and Pittsburgh kind of flip-flopping with each other. I, I just, for me, and if you're the least you're just worried about what's going on with your Atlantic division, so you're looking at Boston and Montreal, and I think that's, that should be the way to go about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, the hope is
0: they, they, they finish at least third, and then it won't matter how good the other teams in the other you know division are. That's my point. They have to finish yeah. third because, uh, yeah. you know, if um, you know, if, if Montreal catches them and and the Leafs end up in a race, uh, you know, for the wild card, it's getting crowded. You know, admittedly, you know, there's more, there's a couple more really bad teams in the West Eastern Conference, but there are better teams in the Eastern Conference at the top, which, which is the issue. The Leafs are... You know, they're dabbling in second overall. They're bouncing back and forth, second to seventh, it seems, after each game, And and that's how tight the race is.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I, I totally agree on that one, Frank, that, um, you know, they, but, you know, you look at, I, I look at Carolina, they're, they're an interesting team to me because of how they've been getting the wins. It's not like they've been... You know, they, they've had they've gotten some good goaltending a little in late. They've also had some uh, some you know puck luck finally go their way. I'm I'm still still a little suspect of their goaltending. I don't think their goaltending is up to stuff, in my opinion. But mm. um, like Pittsburgh, we know Pittsburgh. Whether I think they're a team that's going to look at making a move ahead of the trade deadline. And Pittsburgh, how do you, do, like Pittsburgh, sorry, how do you count ago? Pittsburgh out? I'm sorry. No, no, I was just going to say, you how can. do you count Pittsburgh out? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I like you know Matt Murray. Their goaltender has been – I have him on my fantasy team, and he's been, like, lights out. He's still passed past a little bit since returning from his uh, injury. So, you know, they're getting the goaltending right now. It's just, you know, can the de- – I think for them it's going to be their defense. Can their defense –
0: hold up. Oh, absolutely. the the fact is, the fact is that there are a lot of good teams in the, in the National Hockey League right now. There are a lot of good teams, you know, that you can look at uh, that are that are, you know, improving and and I think the concern for the Leafs is that that they haven't been improving. While they've had a, you know, they're they're living by that uh, you know, that credo where You've got to win the games early in the season because if you don't, you'll regret it at the end of the year. And that's the case for a lot of teams that are on the bubble when it comes to the playoffs. So they don't have the same kind of, you know, um, security that the Leafs have in the sense that they're not chasing but But, um, you know, okay,
3: they've okay, got St. Yeah. They okay, Louis
1: coming up soon. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, no, I, Frank, I totally agree on that one. Uh, I totally agree with that because uh, when I when I look at the way that the I look at the team like Buffalo, they had that big win streak, and now look at where they are. Like they collected wins, of course,
3: but they also
1: had a bad losing streak, which made them lose ground again. So, I Absolutely. I would rather I would rather a team not go through the highs and lows. Consistent play. I I think that's why the Leafs. Mike Babcock is big on the five game. He he goes through what five game segments. I think he says. That's why the best way to look at it. Because you don't want to get you look too far ahead. You know when you're on a winning streak, you don't want to think. Okay, if we can go on a long run here, no, you got to think about if things don't turn right, how are we going to get out of it? And I think that's why the Leafs have been able to at least, you know. I mean Tampa is on another level when it comes to that, but at least have been able to at least keep in the race, you know, with uh, with certain things that have happened that slot, that that uh, losing streak that they had when Anderson was out, they at least were able to not lose all the ground that they got, but they they have some serious competition right now, that's for sure.
0: And the fact is that both, you know, Boston has kept pace with Tampa Bay, especially as we've discussed. Tampa Bay is they they've won six in a row, just as Tampa Bay has. And, and to your point, uh, you know, the hot streak that Boston has right now is not is not a pace you can maintain. You can't win every game. It, it's virtually impossible to win every game but you can you know do something in, in in effect to to make it that close but but really that's the issue you can't win you can't win every game so what the leafs are waiting for is for the bruins to cool off if they will and that's what they need right now you know right now they're 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 playing pretty well. They're they're what is it seven seven? Uh, I, didn't, I think they've been in their last ten seven seven two and one. I think is what the lead. Yes, yeah, yes, they have seven two. You know they've been seven two and one up against Boston and Tampa, who have been eight zero oh, and two. You know and and those. You know, those ties with Boston and Tampa get, it seems. You know, Boston has kept, you want to talk about consistency, they've been very close each and every game. They've had an opportunity to win each and every game, and they've always come out with at least a point, and and went in the last 10 games in particular. And and that's really where they've made their, you know, their charge uh, catching up to Toronto. In the next game that they played, uh, in the next game that they played, uh, they played, uh, of course, upstate Colorado. They played Vegas, a team that that, uh, they never convinced. Well, they only played one other time. That was last year. Uh, But but Mm -hmm. this is their first victory in Vegas. They win, and and they really looked really impressive in that game.
1: Yeah, that was... uh, If you look at their road trip that they're finishing off tonight, that was their best game of the road trip. You know, the offense was, was, you know, confident. The defense was shaky at first, but they you know they kind of turned things around and second third, second and third period really Vegas they cut Vegas off and which is what you want to see from this Leafs team.
0: Absolutely. Uh they looked they looked like a team as well. Defensively, I think they looked good defensively personally.
1: Yeah, they were bad. They were they, I, I think at first they were, you know, there was some. I think it was more actually not their, not their defense, but their power play was allowing all those chances.
3: Um, than
1: it was the defense. I would say I would just to correct myself a little bit, just to specify. But um, I thought the Leafs, yeah, like Austin Matthews, and you saw his, the the two goals that he scored, and you know the guy. They were getting the contributions up and down the lineup, which is what. This is supposed to be the bread and butter of the Leaf strength, and I think they finally showed that Absolutely. in that game. Yeah, and and it looked they
0: looked really good. Uh, again, though, you know, uh, they play really well against Vegas, and I think Vegas, so I think, can agree that they're a pretty good team. Uh, then they played Arizona, who have been playing okay. But they had lost, I think, four games at home in a row. And uh, as has been the past few years, of the, the least, well, before the recent memory anyway, they had that stretch where wherever they went, there were, there were streaks going in the wrong direction against the opposition, and then they would be the cure-all. And uh, they seemed to be a cure-all for, for of course, uh, Arizona. Arizona looked really good, and uh, Matthews, you know, this was his homecoming. They were ready for that. They were ready for the league, and they were motivated.
1: Yeah, I, I would say they. And I wrote about this. I said that the Leafs, um, th- there's teams that play a certain way that the Leafs just can't, for some reason, make the proper adjustments. And the like the Arizona, New keep the Leafs in their own end, and that's that's just gonna be tough for the Leafs to overcome. Um, And at least didn't really. Offensively, they just looked flat. This is, I think, is just the best way to put it. They looked flat in that game. Yeah.
0: Maybe a little too much, uh, you know, distraction, which 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 you can understand considering, you know, how little uh, Matthews goes back to Arizona, and how, you know, how how um, how much the team was being welcomed by fans from out of town and or. Leaf fans because of him. You know, there are a lot of people in Arizona that they admire him because he's a a great representation for hockey in Arizona.
1: Yeah, I I, I think that played a part, but you know, the Leafs, when they go on the road, there's some, like in Vegas, I don't know if you saw any videos of the Leaf fans in Vegas, there were a lot of them there. So, I feel like the team seems to be used to that type of stuff. I just think you don't play a team like Arizona a lot. And I think Arizona is a team that they're not great, but they're not terrible. And I think maybe the Leafs didn't, maybe took that for granted a little bit.
0: I'm inclined to totally agree with you. Uh,
1: you know, what, what happens
0: in hockey and in sports in general is the motivation to do well sometimes, you know, isn't enough. It's, you know, you, you've got to catch some breaks, too. And I think they didn't catch the breaks that they might have otherwise. Uh, they had a hard time getting breaks, in fact. And, and those those breaks – oops, lost my mic here. Yeah, they just needed a little bit of help, that's all. And, and they didn't it. And that's just the way it is, right?
1: Um, yeah, it's usually the way it is. And I think um, just so we can close on the Arizona part – um, they've had some devastating injuries and have found lightning in the bottle with a couple of players. And, you know, like a guy like Oscar was injured to start the year, I think he's starting to uh, get things kind of back together now.
0: Yeah, and, and he's a guy that gave up a great young player to, to get, right? So we have to yeah. keep that in mind as well, right?
3: All right,
1: well yeah, to I think we could hear a discussion. What would you like to do? Yeah, I mean no, I I, I when I
3: look at Galchenyuk, this uh,
1: there's a part I, I you always forget that he was supposed to be Montreal's number one center. And I think Absolutely. being traded from Montreal he I think that he took that as kind of a, a wake up call that, you know, the team didn't want him anymore. They kind of gave up on him and now he's got a, you know, a new role, new purpose in Arizona and he's, he's made, he's made the most of it.
0: He sure has. I got some uh, issues here. I'm taking care of some technical problems. I apologize for the distracting nature of the situation. Um, the, the other thing is that with the Leafs, I guess the next thing to discuss with them, we touched on the power play. The, the power play, the Leafs power play, um, has not been, you know, that great. We agree, right? But
4: it had shown
0: signs of, you know, improvement. And that improvement uh, is very important to that Leaf team because, as you said, and I agree 1,000%, and I mean 1000 Their power play is going to be the reason why they advance in class. If their power play doesn't work, because their physical play just doesn't, it's not not able to handle the situation. Their physical play has to be more, has to be protected. And the only way for it to be protected is by the power play, because they can't do it physically. We know that now for sure. And the question is, do you think because of that? Well, first of all, do you agree?
1: I no, I definitely agree I 'cause know, I definitely agree because Um I look at the Tampa Bay uh, Lightning. The they day are, day a like, that, they um, are a team that um when another team takes a penalty they they make they, them pay for it. it pay for and them. and that's and, what the Leafs are trying to accomplish, accomplish here. And I, are, and I think they are I think they are um, trying to uh, trying to get that going, but I think that first unit they rely too much on, and that second unit just doesn't have. It, there's something missing on that second unit, and teams know that, and have been trying to exploit it. Absolutely, and and, and exploit it. They should.
0: Uh, it, it is what you have to do. I mean, if you want to win, you've got to take the strength of the other team and make it a weakness, and expose their weakness. Make it your strength, and you have to accentuate your strength. Play your game, and the Leafs right now want to play run and gun the way the team is built. They're not a, they're not a, you know, they, they're good at cycling, you know, they're great at cycling, but not physical cycling. It's stick check cycling, and if, if they got to play against a team that physically, you know, is is checking you, it just makes it a little more difficult. Now that doesn't mean that they're doomed because they don't play physical. That's not at all the case. I think we agree with uh, uh, on that issue. But the fact is, they do have to. They do have to somehow uh, work their magic when it comes to poke checking, You know, the, the kind of checking they do, the puck control. They've got to do that over and above the physical play. That's the question I have. And therefore, that, the question I'll ask you is, will they make a trade for a little more physicality? I just don't think one player is enough to make that change. That they, you know, that they're not going to change radically just because they bring in a guy, even if they bring in a Simmons or or a Ferland. It's not going to change the team that much. Wouldn't you agree?
1: I I definitely agree. I like what's like I, from what I see with the Leafs and their, I think Paul Dubas even said that too. What one player can only do so much. And how much pressure are you going to put on that one player to play just that one role? It, it doesn't really make much sense. And some teams, I no. think, get caught... Yeah. And, like, some teams yeah. get caught doing that. that just, and they bring in this in one hole, player man. that...
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's pretty much. And, like, the Leafs are better off getting a player that they think can fit their style of play, but give them... Like, fit themselves, but also give them... Just a little something different,
3: but don't
0: go
1: totally so, off the board. Right. So, so then I
0: guess then I say that it it adds a little extra pressure on not to give up too much to get that player because you've got to you've got to justify. You know, it's not that you know they don't want to be all in this year, but they don't want to be all out next year because of you know, they don't have any new blood coming in because we know in the National Hockey League now, I think everybody's aware of this now, is that you need young blood. You know, experienced guys who want more money after three years, you can only afford so many.
1: Yeah, and you, you don't want to give up all your, uh, you know, your. you don't want to give up oh, their entire future on one run. They, too, too many Absolutely. teams have gone... Too many teams have gotten uh, caught doing that, and now they're trying to pick up the pieces. And it's not easy, man. No,
0: it's not. It's, it's absolutely not easy. Um, we, all, we all hope and, and, and try as best we can. And when I say we, um, I'm referring to everybody who loves hockey. We all like to try to figure out what the best way to go is. And here's the point: for those of you out there that are quickly critical of any move any team makes, it's pretty easy to be critical when, you're not, when your decision is not really run up the flagpole. Because nobody, you know, not nobody, but it, it very rarely do we as fans or we as uh, you know people with opinions do we end up doing or saying to do the exact thing that the team does. Even if they end up with the same player, they probably end up giving less or more. Uh, even if even if uh, we know what we're willing to give up, and they give up the players that we think they should give up, but then who do they get for them? So the odds on us really being tested are zero. So guys like Kyle Dubas, they've got to deal with the real deal. They've got they've got to do what what they need to do, so that their franchise does not get crippled, especially today. You know because it's very difficult to make the playoffs as well. So you know rebooting. It is not an easy deal. I mean, we're seeing it with some teams, but it always comes down to, for example, with Buffalo, getting a couple of high draft picks in a row that, that you know, that make the team better, really good picks. Right? Tampa Bay has all these great young players and these great veterans. Because they have both in, in spades and lots of them, that's why they're running ahead of the pack. Most teams will have you know, a, good, a good smattering of veterans, but very few young guys. And then other teams, uh, you know, will have a lot of great young guys, but not enough experienced uh, players, right? And it's all a function of the cap and, and and how assets, you know, don't move around the way they used to because now you, you don't only have to make a trade. And that this, this goes for the trade deadline now for all the teams. You can't just trade for a guy because you need him. He has to fit into your cap and or – the requests that the other team makes for that player has to fit into your future plans.
1: Yeah, and I think that's why, you know, the Leafs made the Jake Muzzin trade because they, they see a guy that can plug in next year and when you potentially could lose a guy like Jake Gardner, you are, uh, you're covered in that regard. And then you can still bring in the young guys like a Travis Dermott, you know, he's still going to be around. You're hoping that you have other guys that are either in the Marlies or not playing right now that you can bring in. And you have that option available to you because you were thinking not for just this year, but next year and possibly more.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And, and, you know, um, looking at that, looking at that, the trade deadline, the odds do you think that they'll go off the board and by off the board i mean surprise people with actually do you think their trading might include or might be centered on trading lineup players for lineup players i think that might happen
1: myself well that's i think right now because of how their salary cap they need to leave some room for bonuses they can't bring in salary without having some go the other way. So you're going to see Absolutely. a player on the roster. You're going to see a on the roster go the other way. I think it depends on who are you willing to let go, based on what you're going to bring in.
0: Absolutely. And how are you going to affect the chemistry of your team?
1: Yeah, that's that's probably the biggest part. Is you know when you're taking. It's not so much about what you taking, what you're bringing in. It's what you're letting go, because that can have an impact on how your how your lineup works out. Because you got to either move guys around, or you know guys who have been playing with each other the whole season have to get acclimated with another new player. Like it doesn't happen instantaneously. Some players,
3: it takes time
1: for them to get used to playing with a certain player. There's a there's another way
0: depending on for example if if um, if for example they have an injury right now they got a guy who maybe has a bruised thigh injured Johnson, Johnson if he goes it's not a big deal because his contract is almost negligible right but let's say somebody like a veteran who's making six million dollars a year goes down. That, you know, if if that happens, something like that could lead to you being able to get a player, you know, that has more value and carry more more of the contract if there's a long-term injury involved. So there's a lot that could happen between now and the 25th, is what I'm saying. And there are a lot of balls in the air that need to land before the Leafs make a decision. You know, as time starts to wind down to the you know to trade the trade deadline. There are a lot of things that can happen between now and then. And as I said, injuries could be an issue as well. It's going to be interesting. Every day is interesting. And it's all about, you know, we're hearing from teams uh, making the trade later. You might pay more or you might pay less. Especially, you know, when you're looking for a player that, um, you know, that a few teams are interested in and then there's other players that they might want. Like like a Perlin. You know, a Perlin can, can end up becoming cheap if people say, you know what, I don't want it. Now, all of a sudden, competition for his, you know, his rights, um, you know, sink a little bit. Then the value might go down. So there's a lot of, you know, it could be expensive, it could be cheap. But you, you really don't know. That's the beauty of the situation right now, and that's why, you know, people like TSN and and, and sportsnet and they gamble big on on making a big deal about trade, you know, trade deadline day and and you know promoting it and
1: having a bunch of guys ready to talk about what
0: might happen.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're, you're starting to see that, you know, another thing that it comes when it comes to the trade deadline is there's always one player that and one team that kind of controls everything. We know that Ottawa is that team this year, and if they decide to move one of their guys, what happens when he moves has an impact on what every other team does. And that's probably the biggest part that uh, teams are trying to figure out.
3: Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. And, and, that's, and that's the key. You
0: know, the, who makes the right move? And the reason the move is right has lots of reasoning. But the biggest thing, you know, the biggest thing is chemistry. You know, a player can come in and maybe affect the whole lineup, you know, because it's a, you know, a um, It's it's one of those things where, you know, a a good uh, a depth thing that helps depth wise makes a big difference in the team, and that's what these teams are trying to do. They're trying to find depth.
1: And I think Frank, what's that's why teams spend, you know, weeks and months scouting these players, because then they get a good idea of how they are playing with, you know, how they play individually. But yeah, it's. So hard to really gauge whether that can have, whether that can work over, you know, your team and your style. You're basing it off of what you're seeing yourself.
0: Right on. Exactly. Exactly. It, it is. It is the way uh, it counts. Uh, you know, what happens. What happens with teams uh, is very important. What happens with players is very important. And what happens with the health Of the players on a team All these things right now Are are, you know at this point What they do uh, All these different variables Is determine where you'll fit In the playoffs and if you do And that's the whole one Some teams you know are making a trade To improve their chances To make the playoffs Some teams aren't even considering that Because they know they're pretty well set To make the playoffs They're making moves that are going to help them In the playoffs and then there's the other version where teams are predicting who they're going to play, and they trade to ensure that they have a better showing against that team that they predict will be playing against. For example, here and here as uh, as a, a leaf fan, fans and covering the Leafs, you've got the Bruins who are totally different than the than the Tampa Bay Lightning, and then you've got the Montreal Canadiens, and you know you have to go through your division, so it's kind of hard to adjust who you get, who you look for, who you want to bring in to improve your team because you're really not sure how should we improve our team. You know what I mean, David?
1: Yeah, and, you know, sometimes people are saying, oh, the Leafs need to get this guy so that they are able to go, you know, are are ready for a potential matchup against the Bruins. But And you're totally right, Frank, because the way I see it, what you know, you get past the Bruins, then guess who you have probably gonna have to play next? It's Tampa, and that and Tampa plays a totally different style. So that move you just made to prepare for that round one may not even prepare you for what's gonna come in round two. And I think that Maybe I think use. you're definitely yeah, and you're you know you put yourself in a position where you're only thinking about one playoff round, and I think. That's where I think the whole narrative around the Leafs is a little... It's I'm not in favor of what people are saying that they need to get this guy so they're ready for Boston. Because then, what's the point of getting ready for one round and then the next round you're not totally ready for what's going to come your way because you're too busy looking at a Boston series, for example?
0: Yeah, so you know what we're saying, right? You, you get what we're saying. What we're saying is maybe... It's less about predicting who you're going to play with, but look within your own self and your team and ask yourself, is this a well-balanced team that can that can play various types of games? And we don't, you know, essentially, you don't know who you're going to run into. There are 16 teams that make the playoffs. And you could end up depending on beating any one of those 16 teams, any one of those 15 teams, I should say. And, and, they're not necessarily all going to play the same, so you know, you know, it's that it's that paper rock scissors thing, right?
1: Yeah, it,
0: it,
1: you know, I I think yeah, you you as a coaching staff and as a management staff, you establish how you want your team to play, and you're confident that that way is going to be able to carry you as far. I think that's why the league. You know, they targeted a guy like Tavares. They wanted to be deep down the middle. They had a good goalie, and the defense was good enough for what they think they needed based on the depth that they had up front.
0: Absolutely. And and it is important, it is very important, that we all understand that the game of hockey is not predictable. Never has been, never will be. And so a lot of it as we've seen through the years, there's the luck of the draw too. So you know you, you got to be good because you got to be lucky and you got to be good to be lucky. So you know it all feeds into itself. So the trade that the police make while all of us will sit here and say they got to make a trade they got to make a trade they got to make a trade none of us can agree on what that trade is because it depends on what your focus is. And, and you said it earlier, and that is how much are you going to pay for that change? Is that change worth losing this much? Is that change going to change the team and the way it plays too much, or will it wreck the chemistry? So yeah, it, the trade thing, I, I'm not really, I'm not really sold on the idea that the Leafs can make a trade or will make a trade. What do you think the odds are? I'm saying,
1: I'm saying 60-40 they don't make a trade of any
0: consequence.
1: I I think it'll be, uh, I don't see a big trade happening. I can see a trade that they can bring in a guy where just in case there's an injury, they have someone that can step in, and that's it.
0: Do you see a fourth-line center in their future?
1: I don't. I don't, no, because that's going to cost you assets, I think, you don't need to get rid of. And to review,
0: I don't see them really picking up uh, a physical component because I think the price is going to be too steep.
1: Yeah, it's just not worth spending that the cat, you know, the drastic asset or the prospect capital to get that. I, I just think you know the lease are what they are. They're they. So that's the way that they need to play, and they need to just stick by it. If that's the way they want to play, they have to be confident and stick by it.
0: So enough said. If they do make a trade for a player, whether he's physical, whether he's a right-hand shooting defenseman, it's not going to be somebody who's worth much, more, who has a contract much more than one million dollars, a little over that, or a little under that. What do you think?
1: Yeah, like. I- If we're going to talk about a specific player, um, I've heard Nick Jensen has been a potential player. He's a right-hand shot defenseman.
3: Him going your
1: bottom tier. He's a guy that the Leafs need someone. That's an option. And then, you know, he doesn't cost anything. The team might be looking for a third or fourth round pick. And then, I would say you'd rather have that then you know lose a defenseman and not be ready to replace them. So that's an option. He would yeah. cost a lot on salary, and you're you're okay with that?
0: Yeah, I think we both agree that the issue here is is about having players that you know can fit into the the team mode, right? Guys that won't change really. I don't think. I don't think they can afford to bring guys in that can change the team much to be honest with you. I just
1: don't see that. No, and if they do ever want to do that, it's going to come in the off season where you know, you have a better yeah. idea of what your cap structure is like and you have more time to really think about what that type of deal is going to do for your team over the long run absolutely
0: i just don't think i don't think this is a this is a franchise right now that's that's interested in making a, a trade that that really affects their lineup i really don't i don't think they can afford to make a trade that changes their lineup touch just because of what it what will what it will cost or what it will create issue wise on the on the salary cap the moves that they're going to make that are going to be excessive uh, will not happen at the trade deadline. We'll, they will happen in the off-season. They
4: will
1: happen July 1st. Yeah, that's – well, yeah, off-season, like after the draft, because then you have – I think once you realize what you're going to do with Captain Janssen, and Marner, uh, that's where you get a better sense of what you need to do after that.
0: Yeah, they have no choice. Uh, you know, this is why, you know, if they could, if they could, you know, sign Marner sooner rather than later, uh, what it basically means to them is they have an idea, really, it just gives them a, a step up in what to do in the off season. I don't think signing Marner now, you know, I don't think it has an impact on how they do this year and what they do this year. But it is important that they are aware as soon as possible of what they're dealing with financially, because then they'll be dealing, you know, more assuredly of what they've got finances-wise to juggle. Uh, players who fit into those finances, you know, because uh, if he earns a million, a million and a half less than uh, than what some people think, you know, let's say he, he comes in at at eleven, let's say close to what uh, to, to what Matthews gets million and a half, Uh, you know, 11, let's say 11, 11 and a half. He comes close to that. The difference can be a million, a million five and a million five. We just, we know there's two players in the bottom roster you can put in there. If not, then, then maybe you can put in a guy who makes a million dollars on the fourth line, but if he gets 11 million, 11, five, they won't be able to afford, you know, uh, uh, they might have to get rid of guys that leaf fans would be very surprised will go. And, guys that will be surprised in that locker room. And the reality
1: might kick in. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's why the Leafs wanted to get the Matthews contract done. And I think they were hoping that once that domino went, the Marner domino would come next. And if you're – I understand why Marner's agent wants to wait until the summer because he wants to see how – the other restricted free agents come about. But yep. if you're the least you're gonna push for that contract to get done. You and are then, surely you know, going to and I, I I think you know waiting too long can impact what you do afterwards and um why Why put so much business to do, you know, in that time when you could be doing other things?
0: Uh, you are 100% right, partner. That's why I have you on the show. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 it's jeepers. It's an interesting situation, and, and there really aren't, and there never will be obvious answers to any of these questions, because quite frankly, there, it isn't you know, we've lost, uh, for those of you that don't remember what it was like before there was a cap, it used to be, well, I don't know we want to pay that guy. You know, I don't know if we want to pay that guy. Or um, let's get rid of a guy because of how much he gets paid. Well, there, there's. it was easier to get rid of that guy back in the day. It, it's not easy anymore. You want to dump a guy, you dump a salary. You know, the other team's going to say, well, since you want to dump that salary, what are you going to do for us to do it, right?
1: Yeah, that's you know Edmund, the Edmonton Oilers are trying to figure that out right now. You know they they traded away Ryan Spooner, but had to take back uh, Sam Gagner, like you yeah. know contract, you know just just so they could try to make room to bring in one of their own players uh, because they don't have the cap space room. You that's know, right. no team wants to take your.
3: Yeah,
1: you know they don't want to take your third, fourth liners. They want your your top guys, and and so that like Edmonton is the perfect example in all of this. Yeah, and, and just like
0: I said, Edmonton is a, a perfect example of what I said about how injuries can affect. So you know, um, now that the guy's coming back from injury, they've got to account for his salary.
1: Yeah, and they've had to make moves. They've made some moves and you know that that team has just been a scratching coin just to get this guy in the lineup. They had to trade their, their a goalie, they had to trade you know, they traded Spooner, they're looking to do more moves just to give them more financial flex, flexibility. Those are things you should not be doing during the season. That is should all be done in the off season.
0: But then again, that's the new NHL, isn't
1: it? Yep.
3: And that and
0: that's what we're talking about. Is that is you know as easy as it is for us to say let's make this trade because of this? Don't necessarily exist.
1: Yeah. No. It's you're definitely right. Like, um, I think that's why the salary cap was also in place. It's supposed to keep teams from – well, teams are just supposed to have a better understanding of what they can or can't do because this is a cap. This is what you're allowed to do. Stay under it or, unfortunately, you're going to to find yourself in bad business. Okay, let's take a short break.
0: Uh, We're talking to David. Um, And uh, Frank, David Morsuti, and Candid Frank, and uh, we hope you're enjoying the program. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be back right after this.
4: You're listening to
3: Candid Frank Live, streaming on Rouge Radio.
2: Hello out there. We're on the air. It's hockey night tonight. Third period, last game in the playoffs, too. Oh, take me where the hockey players face off down the rink, and the Stanley Cup is all filled up for the champs to win the drink. Now the final flick of a hockey stick and a one gigantic scream. The fuck is in, the home team wins the little hockey game. Oh, little hockey game. Oh, the old hockey game is the best game you can name, and the best game you can name is the griddle.
0: I always love that song. What a great guy, Stumpin' Tom Connors, the late Stumpin' Tom Connors.
1: That's uh,
0: a song that you hear all the time when you go to hockey games, and it doesn't matter where, anywhere in North America, you'll hear that, that hockey song play. Well, uh, you know, David, um, when we look at the, the Leafs, we've talked about their traits uh, We we haven't talked yet about the progress uh, of the team um, in regards to individually and as a team. I think it's fair to say that they really have to... They have not been as consistently good as they were earlier in the season. They do have a few cracks, you know, in their armor. But do you think those those cracks are, are a symptom of basically the time of year it is, um, the situation with, uh, you know... Or is it something that maybe... Is part of what's wrong with the Leafs in regards to how they look against opposition.
1: Um, I think at the beginning of the season, um, teams just weren't ready to start the season. Like there were some teams that just were not ready, like you know, game plan wise, to what the Leafs had. Like the Leafs in preseason. I saw one of their last preseason games and like that power play was was dynamite in the preseason. They get went to the season they were dynamite. The teams just weren't ready to figure out how to defend against it. But then you know you get some more tape on the power play, you get more video and you're able to see the tendencies. Teams
3: the, the
1: coaching is so much better in the NHL now that teams are able to sniff out weaknesses and tendencies, and I think that's what happened with the Leafs. Uh I think there's small cracks. So there are things, little things that can that can definitely be fixed. Um, it's just it's got to be a commitment and a willingness by this team to fix them. As
0: uh, individuals or as an organization?
1: I I think as an organization. I don't think it's one player that you know, you can't I don't think it's an individual thing. I do think it's you know, the coaches like have to have to say to the team like this type of stuff, like the number one thing that bothers me about the power play is how many chances they allow shorthanded. And how it's sometimes it's carelessness. That's something as a coaching staff you tell the whole team that this cannot be happening on a consistent basis. I think things like that are oh, are team oriented. It's not one player that's doing it. If it's one player is doing it, the coaching staff would obviously have a chat with that player, or that player would not be in that situation
0: for long. <laughs> for long. No. Well, you know, they, they they've made they've made changes. They've made changes that have needed to be made. They have made changes or they haven't made changes that they don't need to make. You know, we, um, you know, at the beginning of the year, there was a lot of discussion about, you know, second level scoring, especially with Nylander not in, uh, then the way he started. And, you know, the secondary scoring was a bit lacking. We saw Tyler Ennis uh, look kind of trying to earn a job and trying to play maybe in a way that isn't totally suited to himself, Getting accustomed to this team, this coach, and this organization, he gets going and then he gets in. We've seen within the organization, hopefully, this is something that maybe, you know, this is what you need in the playoffs. You need guys to come through in the playoffs that you didn't expect to come through. So I guess the question I ask you next is do they have the guys, the secondary players, not just scoring, the secondary players, uh, their depth? Do you think it's the kind of depth that could help carry them through, you know, series, 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 and maybe even make a threat to the Stanley Cup? Or, or are there small pieces of the puzzle that we talked about the big names they could trade for, and but we weren't specific as far as the small pieces that they trade for? You know, maybe a couple of small guys that, you know, who other teams didn't see as being an asset they need it, they need to make a move. If they make a move, what they can hope for it doesn't have to be a player who's physical, it doesn't have to be a player who is physical. But if they can trade for a player who, who for, for whatever reason, finds himself in the playoffs, that's the kind of guy they're going to need. Because every year when the playoffs come by, they, the question is, do the lease have players that can play what some might suggest is way over? their head. Do they have candidates for that or do they have to trade
1: for those kinds of candidates? Um I think you can hope that a guy like I look at guys like like Kapanen, um Janssen and you know, Patrick Marlowe had a really good playoff against Boston. Like you're hoping that guys that are I mean, Patrick Merle hasn't had a great season, but you're hoping that when the playoffs comes around, like, he he finally, you know, something snaps in him to kind of take it to another gear. Maybe that's what he's saving himself for. Um, <laughs> I think that... I doubt he's saving I think himself, that, but yeah, okay, I'll go with that. I I, ha- I see guys on the roster that can do it. Um, if I look at the fourth line, like, I'm not expecting Fred Gauthier to all of a sudden become a big uh, playoff scorer. He hasn't really done that in his career. Um, I think, you know, a guy like Tyler Ennis, you know, if the Leafs are lacking something, he's a guy that, you know, can potentially step in and provide something. I think they have the guys. It's just they need to be able to be confident to play those guys and let them know that we' we're, we're okay with you being in the situation we know you can produce
0: right and 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 to sort of uh, add or, or or compliment or even disagree with what you just said um i i I think first of all a guy like negotiate the, he's improved physically and I think that physicality that he has, he's starting to look like he's willing to to surprise a couple of guys with his hits. He's, like those, he's given some really interesting hits over the past short, you know, maybe the past three weeks. I've seen the odd hit that he's made where he surprised players. And if a game gets physical against the Leafs, the advantage of having a guy like, like Gauthier, I think, is the fact that he can hit harder than most Leafs. And when when when, when there gets when there gets to be opportunities to hit the opposition, because when the opposition is trying to hit you, they're making themselves available too to be hit, because everybody's thinking about looking for a hit, looking for a hit. They might not be looking for a hit that they might be taking. If you know what I'm saying.
1: Yeah. Um. I. I mean. I haven't had many issues with go cheese. I just. I'm. What I mean is just. I never thought. He's a guy that will score, you know, a bunch of goals. Yeah, it, yeah. Yeah, but, I, I get that. I, I truly get that. But his physical, he has... I think he has more to give physically than what he's given already. I think he has more. It's just... Um, I, I do disagree. Yeah, uh, yeah like, I, I've seen, I remember watching him in the World Juniors, and he was... A very dominant shutdown player, and I think he can get there. And I think Bob Cox is trying to push him to get there.
0: Absolutely, and and he should uh, push him and get him there. That's that's an important um, important goal uh, for the Leafs. And you know, you know the beautiful thing about the playoffs, David. As much as we may not be really thrilled with them happening. The beauty of the playoffs is it establishes players in a way that a full season doesn't allow them to be established. You know, there have been many a player. The oldest example that I'll give is a Butch Goring. You know, Butch Goring was playing for L.A. And and he didn't really have, nobody thought of him as a clutch playoff performer, goes to the Islanders and becomes the MVP of the playoffs. Now, I'm not suggesting that the, I'm not suggesting that the Leafs can trade for a guy like that. But I am saying somewhere between a better player than he was to a better player he can be, that is where, where the possibilities are and making a difference in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I, I think so. Um, I think I look at a team like Washington, and you know, they made the small little moves. Rather than make the big splash, mm-hmm. and they paid off. A guy like Devontae Smith-Pelly Absolutely. really had a good playoffs. Um, there was a young defenseman, I'm blanking on the name right now, that uh, they brought in from Chicago. I think it was Bush Chicago. Team? I think oh, it was Chicago? the guy from Chicago. Um, oh, but they, it's not. He's not a very yeah. There was a defenseman they brought in um, as a trade deadline last year. Which was
3: one?
1: it Jarmulsen? No. No, Jarmulsen yeah. went to Arizona. Um, I'm thinking about, like, who watched him brought in. Um, oh. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He, he Cass- was just, just a Chantney. depth guy. Michael yeah, Chant- he was Chantney. brought in as a
0: depth guy, and he ended up being a top four defenseman for them in the playoffs.
1: Yeah. So I think what you're – and I think the way I understand it, you're thinking – can the Leafs find a guy like that? I think there's guys that could be out there if they well, scout it the right way. Yeah, um, and not only, yeah.
0: not only... I'm not just saying, David, that they can trade for a guy like that, but also players who are on their roster or in their whatever, whatever they have right now in the organization, there might be a guy... We've seen guys who haven't played during the season coming in the playoffs, and all of a sudden people go, where the hell was he?
1: Yeah. Um, And
0: there are are lots of options, lots of ways this can get better for the lease. that, you know, it can get better for a lot of teams. I'm not just talking about the lease, but playoffs, uh, like I said, it creates, um, you know, it creates a a character for a team and and the teams are are fortunate enough to develop in a way that that is necessary. And sometimes uh, they they don't, you know, they're not able to do stuff. But the hope is they can, right? That's what they're trying to do.
1: And yeah. And every team try, you know, you, you said it even winning sometimes requires some luck and you get lucky by having a a guy that I, I look at a guy, maybe like a Connor Brown that people have been on the fence about. He can, he, I, he's got, he's a guy that I've seen perform when the stakes get high Um He's got the potential to do it We don't know if he's going to be able to do it But uh, if he does it There will be a bit of surprise He's a perfect
0: He's a perfect example of what I'm saying You know he is a a perfect example Of that Uh, The kind of player that doesn't seem to produce During the season but then the playoffs come And depending on how much They're willing to play Through you know because that's the thing That sort of the players that do well In the playoffs the ones that are are able and willing to play through the toughness. They don't have to kill anybody, but it's how they allow them to and help themselves to be effective in the playoffs is that they have to play through some of that physicality. And I think he has the speed, and he has enough physical jam that I think, you know, uh, in the playoffs he might develop a taste for it. And, and the good news is you know, uh, a lot of physical play, doing it all year, grind literally. But remember, this is a this is a time of year where you know, seven game series, how you play in that seven game series, it boils down to how you play in three or four or five games. And it, it doesn't require that that long term thinking. It's 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 a confidence building time and that's what I'm trying to get at here. And the question is, what teams are gonna you know, we know already that Tampa is is flush and, and, and deep, right? But we don't know how deep other teams are because they have players who maybe at this point, and that's what their hope is we've seen through the years. We've seen teams win the Stanley Cup and be, you know, 12th, 13th overall. So, you know, and how do they do that? Well, they play surprisingly good hockey. And it—and that surprisingly good hockey is brought on by a couple of surprisingly good players uh, who, for some reason, it's like all of a sudden the ding, the spell goes off. And away they go. They're off to the races, and that's more or less what the Leafs are going to need if they're going to go any kind of distance. Because really, honestly, we talked about the fact that you know, David, how whether they play physically or or play you know the speed game, the scoring game, or the defensive game. The point is, there have to be guys on the roster that are able to make those types of games for this team, this league team, affected. And, and that's where what you're saying is, is very true where you know you get A guy who's a surprise who you, you bring in You know as a number four or five Maybe a four but a five Or a six defenseman And then they play like a four And that helps all the way up the roster Right and that's why it's important That you get players play over their head Because it helps You know add to the power of the team As a whole
1: Yeah like I think that was part of the problem with the Leafs last year. You know, when Matthews didn't have a good playoff round. You know, the second line was pretty good, but then you lose Kadri, and they just didn't have enough there to get them over the hump. They didn't have enough guys stepping up, and Boston, unfortunately, Boston had that great top line that was able to carry them. The goaltending was good, but the Leafs could have really used a guy to really step up and give them that spark, and they didn't really get it. So that's that's what you're hoping happens this time around, that they're able to push the depth by adding a Tavares, and then everything kind of trickles down from there.
0: Yeah, and there's a big question in itself, is what kind of performer will Tavares be? You know, the, the neat thing is, I'm not saying that speed is not important in the playoffs, but because of the physicality of the, you uh, know, it's heightened, it puts a premium on guys who are more physical rather than quick. And one thing that Tavares is good at, and that is playing with the puck in a closet.
1: He does that so well. And if he loses a puck, he's right back to try to get it. Like he's, he is a dog that's looking for his bone. That's how I put it.
0: Yeah, he's he's a great
1: player, and, uh,
0: and, and he's the one that, that, that has proven through the years that he can score.
1: Uh, obviously, he has a fire lit under
0: him uh, because he's belief. Um, You know, seeing the commercials now, so you know that's the hard sell going on. That you know, uh, I'm living the dream now. You know, it's one thing that he dreamed of, but now he's living the dream. And and, and this dream can quickly turn into a nightmare for him. So. I think he has the, you know, the the mental fortitude to be appreciative of the fact that you know it's not going to be easy. I don't call it a dog a bone. I just call it a guy who's relentless and in and, and another way. And, and his relentlessness is going to, I think, be a good thing in the playoffs with the Leafs. My biggest concern with the Leafs is can a can an Austin Matthews play up to his potential in the playoffs? Last year he didn't. You know, he really didn't look that good against Boston. Or, sorry, Washington. And, you know, he wasn't good against, uh, you know, uh, against Boston either the year before. Marner has looked good offensively, you know, in the playoffs. Uh, The Leaf defense has looked okay, but a lot of times suspect. So there's a lot of room for the Leaf team to improve. Do I think they'll improve? I think the best way the best line we're going to tell is how they start here on in um, until at least about the last week or so before the season ends. Um, it's, going to be, it's going to be important how they show and how they can handle being a team that's supposed to win. See, that, that's the reason why they lost against Arizona. They lost against Arizona this past week because of all the hype surrounding the Maple Leafs as a team surrounding Austin Matthews as an individual and the fact that you were going into their home building, you know? And and so that's what the Leafs, hopefully, if you're a Leaf fan, this is a team that's been playing under a lot of pressure all year. So it's not like when the playoffs start, all of a sudden there's going to be this new thing called pressure. In my belief, a lot of other teams that, that aren't accustomed to playing under pressure the playoffs, it might be a bit of a new thing, and that's something that the Leafs should, you know, hopefully take advantage of.
1: Yeah. It doesn't work with Boston. Yeah, like Boston, certain teams do really well in the playoffs because the pressure is on them from the start of the year. They know they are able to handle it. Like the pressure just doesn't change. Um, I think. A good example is tonight, the St. Louis Blues. Like, that will be a really good test for Leafs because this is a team that's on 10 consecutive wins. They're playing their best hockey right now. Can the Leafs totally. beat a team that's at their best? You know, I look at that. That's probably the best example I can give is can the Leafs beat a team at their best who has gone through this total change? Like, I think St. Louis... The pressure on them was so big at the beginning of the year, they weren't able to handle at first, and now they've started to dig out of it and they're getting better because of it. I think that this is the type of game I want to see the Leafs come out and not show that they're not able to handle the pressure playing a team like uh, St. Louis. Absolutely. Totally agree. Couldn't agree more.
0: Could not agree more. And and you know what the Leafs have proven this year though is that they their worst games have been against teams they should have beaten handily. They have played well against the Tampas, you know, um, like they did just Vegas. They, they played well against Boston, uh, you know. Um, the biggest
1: problem with that is, is that they, they should be. Yeah, it's something I can never really figure out. I looked at um again the the games against Detroit. I look at the games against um I'm trying to think. Like Ottawa. Those are games you should easily win and they've been anything but easy. Sure.
0: They sure haven't been easy. That's a for sure. I don't set right about that. And, and, you know, but that's the beauty of things coming up. Where we're going to get to see, like, and, and, you know, St. Louis is a good example of a heavy team. They're a very heavy team. So we're going to figure out how the league against the physical team tonight.
1: Yeah, we're going to, they're a team that, and they're incredibly structured. They play in their system right. They have the forward depth. They have the good defense. The goaltending has been their their best part, actually. So I'm wondering if like this is as I said, this is the least biggest test of the month. Um, Madden, I think they played Tampa last this month or like last month, so that, that's gonna be their biggest test. It sure
0: is, sure, sure, sure is.
1: And you look at the lineup
0: coming up after St. Louis, another pretty disciplined, heavy team in Washington. And that's on Thursday, and then on Saturday, Montreal. Uh, you
4: know,
0: would you wouldn't you say that the St. Louis and Washington games are going to be the similar kind of test, and it's going to be more of a playoff kind of feeling because when it comes to physical play, uh, playing a couple of games in a row uh, of you know, that kind of physical kind of play.
1: Yeah, I, I think you're you're gonna you know those teams are built. Are like St Louis was built for the playoffs, so they play that style, and sometimes it can wear on you sometimes it's just not able to be consistent um but they're mm-hmm. they're they're a team that more so than because Montreal, Montreal right now I'm still not sold on they're making some like very crucial mistakes that've made them lose games. So I'm curious to see if they're able to overcome that. Um, against the Leafs, they always play tough. So, that again, that's another – that's definitely true on that part. I actually think that um, St. Louis is going to be the biggest test. If they're able to handle that kind of – it's going to be that kind of atmosphere, too, I would assume. Uh, so that's, that's how I would see that going out. The
0: kind of atmosphere that you're referring to is uh... – Uh, Physical type of game uh, Playoff kind of atmosphere Um, This is a team
1: St.
0: Louis Yeah, you're 100% right St. Louis is going to be Extremely ready uh, For Toronto There's been a team recently In the past uh, few weeks That have been prepared each and every night They're playing to a capability And with a goaltender With a goaltender that's keeping them in the game, so that you know they've got a, a good shot to win. A good test for you know Anderson of the Leafs to see if he can keep up with a good with good Not that he can't. Not that I think that he couldn't. But I think you know what I mean.
1: Yeah. No. No. It's definitely you're definitely right on that one.
0: I think we're gonna find him. We're finding. Yeah. him. It's gonna really be something worth worth. Worth the price of admission, buddy. Those games are going to be worth the price of admission. Let me tell you, they're going to—they're going to be. Those games are going to be very important. Uh, I'm looking forward to those two, those two games in particular because, you know, with the trade deadline coming, that physical aspect of the team, whether it's a problem or not, we're going to find out these next two games. We really are.
1: Yeah, I think, um, I, I, you know i I like to see the Leafs beat a team when they're, like, you know, I see, as I mentioned with, um, with St. Louis being at their best, you know, Washington has had some off games, and so has Montreal. They're going to be pushing really hard. So I want to see how the Leafs, you know, handle that type of challenge. And I think this is going to be a very crucial state, especially with Boston. I think they're two or three points ahead right now. I think they have a game in hand. Although Boston should not have won that game against San Jose. That was um, so many things wrong with that game officiating-wise, but um, What happened officiating-wise
0: in your opinion?
1: Well, Boston, I mean, I don't know if you saw the game, but the fifth goal, the tying goal, late in the third, should not have counted. It was a high stick. Why? Oh, It was over... It was way over the guy's shoulders, it was a, and he tipped it down, and then he put it in the net. And you can't review those. So I was I watched that game live. I was I was so confused, like how that goal was allowed to go in for Boston, and then in overtime, uh, the net got knocked off its moorings, and then they didn't blow it. They let the play continue. Boston came down, almost scored, then San Jose went back, had a 2 on o and they blew the play there because the net was on a pitch moorings. Just very, very uh, frustrating, officiating in that one.
0: Well, uh, you know, it's, it's going to happen. Um, I, you know, I, I have, I, sometimes I, I worry sometimes that there's politics and there. You know, people don't want to think that that the fix is in because as soon as the fix is in, for one, the fix is in for everything. Then no, you know, no game, game won, no championship that is won uh, has the same kind of luster. So I guess uh, in, in in because I didn't see it, I can't support what you said, but I do understand that that happens, and all we can hope for is it does happen because of a team. What happens because of the way refs sometimes screw up. That's all we can hope for. That the mis- it's an honest mistake, and I underline the word honest. Uh, and if that's yeah. the case, uh, we have to accept the fact that officials are going to make mistakes. If you yeah. think that every time an official makes a mistake, and I'm not saying you, of course, not you. I'm not saying you. I'm saying people. People who want to say that an official makes a mistake on purpose, uh, then that means. He can do it for anyone, depending on what it's worth, you know. And the question is, the question is do certain teams have a preference? Uh, does the league have a preference for some teams? Well, of course. The league has done that are, in my opinion. Well, I'll give you an example. I'll give you a, a, a Tampa Bay had a captain of their team. Oh, my goodness. Now his name has slipped my head. Canadian. Um, one was was Um Yeah. Oh, my goodness.
1: I forgot his name. Do you know what I'm talking about? Vinnie? Are you talking about Vinny? Are you
0: Vinny? Yes. Vinny LeCabier. Um, he was um, on the Tampa Bay Lightning before they won the Stanley Cup. And Tampa Bay offered him to the Maple Leafs. So they were going to consume a trade between the Leafs and Tampa Bay. And Gary Bettman basically stopped the trade. He said, no, you're not making that trade. The league stepped in. Not because the the trade was illegal in any sense, is they were protecting Tampa Bay from making a bad mistake. And that's the kind of thing, because that has happened, you know, people might be a little, you know, wondering, Mr. Bettman have favoritism In mind is he willing to do something That shows favoritism I know he does And I know he has So you know it is what it is All we can hope for is that If it is happening That it doesn't affect the way um, You know a season goes for any Team in particular or where the Stanley Cup ends up residing That's all we can hope for
1: Yeah It really is
0: you know, right. I mean, were you That's aware of that
1: did he the, did, were you aware that he stopped the trade for the Leafs uh, for getting left yep. before he won the Well, it actually, happened yep. There's been a lot of players of Knicks trades to Toronto and other places. I, um, I know that there was a trade. Edmonton was going to trade the Leafs, Chris Pronger, and right. I think it was. Cavalier didn't, or some was it Cavali? think it was Cavalli Didn't want to waive his uh, no trade. Yeah, so but that's they,
0: different. That's a player making a decision. That's an individual exercising his right. What Bettman did, and what the National Hockey League that time in in stepping in because well they'll have to explain why they stepped in. Uh, I, I can only assume um, it is because they didn't want to see them at trade be made by Tampa, because quite frankly, um, you know, the the National Hockey League is trying to help make money. And making money means getting these places that hockey isn't that popular in, helping to make it more popular. And a move like that would have hurt Tampa's future quite a bit, I think. You know, and and that's why they, you know, uh, it's not like they, it's not like I don't think the league said or, or Bettman said, well, make sure, the Leafs don't get better, so they don't win a Stanley Cup. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying, they do, and
4: under Bettman's watch, they do play favorites. It does happen. They create
0: situations that are favorite that that create favoritism. All we can hope for, as I said, is it doesn't lead to a Stanley Cup for somebody because of it. Doesn't lead to an elimination in the Stanley Cup because of it. And just hope that you know it's just. It's just something that you can ride the storm. It's like what your hope is. What is it? What is it, What's the big hope when you get bad calls against you by the officials that you rise above it and win anyway, right? Isn't that the goal?
1: Yeah, you know the NHL has been very big on parity, and um, they want the talent and competence to be spread around the league. Um, and I, mm-hmm. I think that, that that's why we there's a salary cap. That's why. You know, teams, powerhouse teams like the Leafs, Montreal, New York, Chicago, Boston. Those teams are limited to what they can do because the league doesn't want them to exercise. You know, their biggest, uh, biggest, um, their biggest okay. strength. And I, think, yeah. yeah. So, yep. I, I can see why that is. Um, it's a big reason why. Um, people don't like the NBA is because you can create super teams. And um, there is a, and officials have a reputation,
0: And the officials have a reputation for showing favoritism when it comes to Yeah. Yep. fouls, foul problems.
1: Oh, it's like they're intimidated uh,
0: by the greatness of individual players or teams.
1: Yeah, because <laughs> – they know how much of an influence they can have and the NHL has done a good job of limiting that influence um, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's if these two teams that aren't very good like in the Western Conference that are all fighting for the playoffs who shouldn't be fighting for the playoffs but because of the parity that, that's where it is Let me ask you a, a question
0: In regards to the National Hockey League and now Seattle coming in, just a quick question. With Seattle coming in and now we're going to end up having uh, the playoffs, now we're going to yield for the first time in NHL history, whereas many teams will not make the playoffs as make the playoffs for the first time in the National Hockey League's history. Does that mean we'll be seeing? Do you think there'll be a lot of talk about increasing how many teams get in the playoffs, and is that important? Because we're we're going in the same like we're going in the opposite direction of baseball and football. You know, the NFL and 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 um, and uh, and the major league major league baseball MLB, they've been increasing how many teams get in the playoffs, as opposed to the National Hockey League, which which is getting. Less. And, of course, the NBA is pretty, has been pretty bad. They haven't really expanded over the years in a while. So they've been pretty much a similar thing. Do you see the NHL owners, because they rely on, you know, playoff money, uh, as if you follow, you know, some of the people who talk about, uh, you know, on television, on radio, there are some teams we hear, uh, their, their budgets include making the playoffs and having a couple of playoff games. It's important to them. Do you think that yeah. means that we might
1: see a playoff format change in the National Hockey League? I know that the uh, NHL has been very much against expanding the playoff format, but if you think about how much money Seattle is paying to be in the league for this expansion, it's like $650 million or something around those lines. You better, right, huh? yeah. better You better be careful – and saying we don't want to expand the playoff format. Like, I think I I truly believe that right now there are teams that could make the playoffs, but because there's only so many that can make it, that they get left behind. That I think there are cases like that. Um, my issue with this: How are you going to make it work in terms of are you going to have? Because right now with the two wild card spots. Are you gonna have an extra wild card spot? Like, how are you gonna make that extra two. work? Extra two. Yeah.
0: Extra two yeah. wild card spots, and have uh, you know, like Major League Baseball, the two teams that get yeah. in the wild card in both division. Uh, you know, uh, you have teams uh, pay for the right to be in those two wild card spots which does yeah. something, and if you're a team that's not in the wild card, it gives you an extra little bit of rest and a bit more of an advantage against those teams if you're a first-place team. And we do know I, that you know, the whole point of, of, of finishing first is to get some sort of advantage.
1: Yeah, no, I know. I think that's like, the only advantage right now to get is home ice, and I think that's, that's kind of. I, we're going to there, we're gonna have to leave it there, David.
0: We're going to have to leave it there, David. Thanks for being for on. Uh, he's David the I'm Candid Frank. Thanks for listening, folks. We'll catch you next time. This has been Leaf Talk. Enjoy you then.
1: Later. Thank you. Later.